Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, We're back in the book of Deuteronomy today. We'll be looking in chapters 29 and 30 today. Moses is giving the people in the land of, uh, they're in the land of Moab. They're getting ready to cross over um, the Jordan. They're ready to enter the promised land. They've been wandering 40 years. Moses has, uh, earlier in Deuteronomy, has just given them a recap on their history Now he's giving them a recap on the covenant that God's made with them. McGee calls this covenant the Palestinian covenant, um, otherwise known as the covenant uh, in Moab. So in any event, God is giving them a a promise. It's, It's not nothing new. He's just reiterating his promise to try to tell them You've got to keep your heart centered on me. Uh, and if not, you're going to fall into the curses that he's just laid out for them. He's going to afflict them. And it's, and it's the, as my study Bible says, it's written with the expectation that they're going to fail. And how can you keep this law? Um... And as we'll learn, and we'll make the point, it's only if your heart becomes circumcised, if your heart is changed, if your heart is um, repentant. And um, that is something that no one can complete this law, but um, we can complete this law through Christ. Christ comes and allows us to truly repent and then through Christ's death, our heart becomes changed. We now have the Holy Spirit abiding in us, and we can fulfill this law. So, let's dig in. And it's and it's interesting, and we've made this point before, that the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, everything points to Christ. And Deuteronomy, the most quoted Old Testament um, book that Jesus quoted over and over, when he was uh, engaged in his ministry uh, on earth. So let's take chapter 29 and look at some of the high points here. Verse 1, These are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make 
with the people of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant that he had made with them at Horeb. This is Mount Sinai. So in other words, this is sort of a a different covenant um, in addition to. He's, he's sort of like giving them a recap. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. He's sort of speaking to the nation as a whole. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you for 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off on your feet. So what's he saying? He's saying, look, you've been out here 40 years and you've seen, you've remembered, you've, you know, you may be a new generation. Your parents saw these things, but he's talking to the nation as a whole. All these signs and wonders that you've seen, these miracles that you've seen, You've seen them. You know them. You talk about them. But you still, your hearts aren't right. And it's God that gives you the heart to understand, eyes to see and ears to hear. And McGee makes the point, like, why do some people hear the gospel and believe it and others don't? Um, It's God that gives us the heart to understand the gospel or see what the gospel is has to show us or ears to hear it. It's God. It's not us. It's not us rejecting God. It's God choosing us. God choosing us. So in in that regard, we are the chosen. And Israel was God's chosen people, but we are God's chosen people when we hear the gospel message. So God chooses what He wants. But um, it's, um, it's all about the heart. So now we go down to verse 14. It's, it is not with you alone that I'm making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing here with us today before the Lord our God and with whoever is not here with us today. In other words, this covenant is for everybody standing around, but also for future generations. Uh, we'll jump down to the last part of verse 18. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. In other words, one whose heart is not set on God and is not going to try to keep God's covenant. Beware of that. Keep that because that's representing sin. And keep the sin away from you, because it will tear up the whole nation. We just got through talking about the blessings, but also the curses that could come upon this nation. Verse 22, And the next generation, your children who rise up after you, and the foreigner who comes from a far land will say, when they see the afflictions of that land and the sickness with which the Lord has made it sick, the whole land burned out. With brimstone and salt, nothing sown and nothing growing, where no plant can sprout. An overthrow like that of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adamah, and Zebulun, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and wrath. All the nations will say, verse 24, why has the Lord done this to this land? 
What caused the heat of this great anger? Verse 25. Then the people will say, It is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their fathers, which he made with them, and he brought them out of the land of Egypt. They abandoned the covenant. And they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they had not known and whom he had not allotted to them. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land, bringing upon it all the curses written in this book. We see it today. Israel is still a hot, dry land. It's not milk and honey like God promised. And so this prophecy is still happening. And then we see something about future prophecy. Now we come to chapter 30, verse 1. When all these things come upon you, it's, it's not like if, he's saying when. The blessings and the curse, which I've set before you. In other words, they were initially blessed, but now they're cursed. And you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. Okay, they've been driven to you know, Assyria. They've been driven to Babylon. They've been scattered all around. And you return to the Lord, your God, and you, your children, and obey His voice and all that I command you today with all your heart, with all your soul. Remember, that's what Jesus said with the greatest commandment, to love the God, Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And Jesus added, and all your might. Verse 3, And then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and He will gather you from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. This is like a future promise, isn't it? If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there He will take you. In other words, there's no place that you can be that He will not come and get you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, and then you may possess it, and He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. This is pointing to a future repentance and return of the nation Israel and restoration. And this is pointing towards when the Messiah will eventually return again. The first time Jesus comes, he comes as a humble servant, a lamb to be slaughtered. But the next time he comes, he'll come as a victorious king to restore and return everybody to the nation. Verse 6, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and that you may live. God is the one who restores the hearts. And the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you. Verse 8, And you shall again obey the Lord, the voice of the Lord and keep all His commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of your ground, for the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, as He will delight in your fathers. When you obey the voice of the Lord your God, and keep His commandments and His statutes that are written in this book of the law, when you return to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. This is a future prophecy. Now we come to verse 11. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, Neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Oh, who would ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? No, no. And in other words, you don't got to go to heaven to get it. Verse 
13. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who would go over to the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? No, no, no. It's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. Verse 14, but the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. Now, when I first read this, I was perplexed because it's like Jesus with the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed, remember, the Sermon on the Mount, his first big sermon, it's all about the blessings. Right now, it's all about the curses. But with Jesus, it's all about the blessings. But when you really take apart that sermon, nobody can do it. But it's only when God circumcises the heart, it becomes easy. Because remember, Jesus says, my burden is light because of Christ. We can do it. We can do anything through Christ. So we're going to stop right here. Everything's pointing to Christ. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this great study for us today. And as always, it's Friday. We'll take a break over the weekend, and we'll be right back here on Monday as we continue our study through the book of Deuteronomy. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield, and we'll see you here next time. Take it away, Matali. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 29, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through to verse 13. So we are in the section of the Palestinian covenant. We have the preliminary of it here in chapter 21 and the covenant proper we have it in the first 10 verses of chapter 30. So scripture reads verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 29. These are the words of the Lord. Sorry, these are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab besides the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. So, the covenant in Horeb was the Ten Commandments that um, we know as the Mosaic Law. So, the covenant here is going to make, that he's going to make, sorry, with them relates to the land and is called the Palestinian Covenant and is right before they actually enter the land that's when this covenant is made scripture goes on to read verse 2 now moses called all israel and said to them you have seen all that the lord did before your eyes in the land of egypt to to pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land so most of these people that Moses is speaking to were children and some of them teenagers at that time. But they had been witness to the miracles, God guiding them through the wilderness. Verse 3 goes on to read, The great trials which your eyes have seen, the signs and those great wonders, yet the Lord has not given 
you are hearts to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. So Paul in um, Romans 11 verse 8 writes to the Romans and says, Have you obtained it? Sorry, have uh, sorry, yeah, verse 8, sorry, um, that's Romans 11, it reads, just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, to this very day. So, here, it doesn't mean that God just turns them off. They are already turned off and God has to turn them on. And until God opens the eyes and ears of men and women, they cannot hear the gospel. So they can hear the words, but they cannot hear the gospel with understanding. God said he just um, left those people without any spiritual discernment because they had no purpose to turn to him. They were stiff-necked. So they broke down all of God's commandments with the living and true God. They broke the commandments of the, you know, the commandments that God made with them. And God just left them in that state of unbelief. Because with belief, it has to be um, by one's own will. It cannot be forced. And for us to actually understand, begin to understand and, you know, see the word of God in our lives, working in our lives, we need the Holy Spirit to indwell us. But God just let it be, left them because they were unwilling to um, obey God. Verse 5 goes on to read, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. So they actually walked for 40 years in the same pair of shoes and the same clothes and they didn't wear out. And this in itself is already something sort of a miracle. And these people still did not believe. Verse 6 goes on to read, You should not you have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. So here he describes, um, actually yeah, from this verse, he describes the journey through the wilderness and this should have actually opened their eyes. And they saw God's miracle happen before their eyes for 40 years. And they still didn't believe. They were still stiff-necked. And men today are unbelievers. Not because um, of the Bible or that, uh, or that which is outside. It's because they are inside. They've just shut out God. They're unbelievers. You know, they are, they are an enemy of God and they have no capacity for the things of God. So God presents a picture of the human heart here that it's desperately wicked. 
so scripture actually also states um, the human heart is desperately wicked and none of us can conceive of how bad or how evil it really is we don't know how bad we can get like we can get really bad only the lord knows us truly the carnal mind is enmity to god is enmity against god so it's not subject to the law of god those that are in the flesh cannot please god paul wrote this after he had tested these people for about um 1200 200 or 500 years with the law so the law was given to them and then you know all these years went by he thought you know god tested these people and they were just hard-hearted so this is the history he actually gives um that's preliminary to the covenant that um that's the palestinian covenant so we have him giving here what will ultimately happen in that land before he actually gives the covenant in which he makes it clear that he intends to bring them back into the land and bless them and the, and bless the land as well so the land and the people actually go together so the curse upon the land and the dispersing of the people do go hand in hand so the judgment of god was on the people as well as the land so if we drop down to verse 22 of deuteronomy 29 verse 22 goes on to read so that the coming generation of your children who rise up after you and the foreigner who comes from a far land without sorry would say when they see the plagues of that land and the sickness which the Lord has laid on it, the whole land is brimstone, salt, and burning. It is not sown, nor does it bear, nor does any grass grow. There, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and his wrath all nations would say why has the lord done so to this land which does not heat or what does the heat of his great anger mean then people would say because they have forsaken the covenant of the lord god of their fathers which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods that did not gods they did not know, and that he had not given to them. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against this land to bring on it every curse that is written in this book. So this was once a land of milk and honey and now it's a desolate land and foreigners strangers from faraway lands will ask you know the question um you know um they'll say why has the lord done so to this land what does the heat of this great anger mean 
And people have gone to that nation and have asked because it's dry and arid. You know, once upon a time, as Dr. Jesus Marquis says, you know, in the Mount of Olives, there were so many trees and greenery. And now it's just a desert because the enemies came in and attacked and, you know, cut down all the trees and greenery. So, um, so God has, has, has um, told us, oh, so this, sorry, uh, yeah, this was actually the land of milk and honey, but now it's just a desert. Verse 28 goes on to read, And the Lord uprooted them from the land in anger, in wrath, and in great indignation, and cast them into another land as it is, as it is this day. Verse 29, the secret, I, the secret, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us, to our children forever. And um, that we may all do the words of the of the spell. So God has told us certain things. He's revealed to us certain mysteries. They haven't received, revealed like quite a lot. But he's revealed to us certain things and he's told us about that land and his judgment of it because they were disobedient and God they were actually disobedient to God. So they are out of that land because God said, You go out of the land. Um sorry, yeah, they're out of that land because God said, You go into it and live in it on condition that you must be obedient, but they were not obedient, so God put them out of the land. So we now get to chapter twenty and in chapter twenty God made the Palestinian covenant with these people. So verse one of chapter thirty reads Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord, your God, drives you, and you return to the Lord, your God, and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord, your God, will bring you back from um, the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. So this is, that we have here, is an unconditional covenant with no attachments, no strings attached, no ifs or perhapses. So this is an unconditional promise of future of uh, you know, conditional promise and future blessing. So here there are seven great promises that God makes here that are unconditional. The first um, promise statement is the nation shall be plucked out of the land for its unfaithfulness. Which, um, and this actually, this prophecy actually took place. And then the second statement is they will be 
a future repentance of Israel. So they are going to come back to God. They were disobedient because of, uh, sorry, they were dispersed rather because of their disobedience. So in, um, so in their return, they will be obedient. So this is the order of grace and not law. But the third statement is their Messiah will return. And this is the first mention of the return of Christ to the earth that is recorded in scripture. And this is at verse 13. In verse 13 of chapter 30 actually reads, Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. So here, um, it's a remarkable prophecy and will yet be fulfilled. So it, So it's not until then that the land will be blessed. So... Um, and you know there will be peace in the land so this prophecy is actually fulfilled they will go back to the land obey God and there will be peace and then the um, fourth statement here is Israel will be restored in um, so Israel will be restored in the land and we have that in verse Five actually of chapter 30 and it reads then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it he will prosper you and uh, multiply um, he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers so yeah, this was um, this is an unconditional promise of God that rests on no ifs uh, or perhaps is no strings attached. The fifth statement is Israel's enemies will be judged. Um, that's in verse seven and eight, and it reads also the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on um so also the lord god, your god let me just read that also the lord your god will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you who persecute you and you will obey the voice of the lord and um the voice of the lord and do all his commandments which i command you today so uh, they here they will actually return and obey the voice of the Lord that uh, and that is the order of grace so there is no condition here um, for them to to return to the land um so that's the that's the order of grace and um 
it's an unconditional covenant so the um sixth statement here is the nation will receive a full blessing that's um verses 9 and 10 and verse 9 and 10 read the lord your god will make you abound in all the work of your hand in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good for the lord your god will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your uh, fathers if you obey the voice of the lord your god and um if you obey the voice of the lord your god to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in his book of the law and it's and if you turn to the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul so this is the condition on which to occupy the land today so um it's in obedience to God. So there will be no blessing for them in that land unless they obey God. But when God returns them, he has made a covenant that he will return them Sunday. And it rests upon no ifs. So, yeah. He will actually he will return them someday. That Sunday. And all this rests upon no ands, if so, buts, or perhaps is. It's not. It's unconditional. So because of the covenants, they are yet to actually go through two more dispersions for the land. Um, at this point that we're reading, so they will be returned one time. So the third one, even in our day, has not taken place yet that prophecy so that was read verse 11 for this commandment which i command you today is not too mysterious for you nor is it of it's uh it is not in heaven but that you sorry should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us um sorry who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it verse 13 nor is it beyond the sea you should say who will go over um who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear of that you may hear it and do it. So here they can plead. Um, they can plead no excuse. That they did not know. You know that is not an excuse for them. So God has actually brought it right to them. They can know it. So um, there is actually a responsibility to live in the land today um where you can actually hear the gospel 
so one doesn't have to actually cross oceans to actually just get uh, so um one doesn't just have to cross you know oceans like i said to get salvation it, it's right near us it's on the radios it's in print media it's um oh uh, you can get the word of god from a preacher they're everywhere and we are responsible to actually hear the word of god and this is where free will actually comes in and it's up to um so it's up to us it's up to you and me it's free will so yeah this is our teaching for today thank you all for listening in god bless you and have a pleasant day bye-bye